0: Lo- oh no, 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 don't don't give me this W O R jazz. We know anyone with half a lead ear listening to 710 knows what radio station he's listening to. It comes out of the radio like great big drops of used bismuth. Like 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 pep the Pepto Bismol station, friend. No, no, where are we right now? Let's hear it. We are at the Fire! That's right, where life flows on in a great, endless stream of ketchup. And not sad, friends, that we're here in the limelight Saturday night? And in just a few minutes, it's only five minutes after ten, in one hour and 55 minutes, what is it going to be? Let's hear that again. Oh Doesn't that strike a kind of little tiny tinkling gong of anger inside of you?
1: <laughs>
0: Mother's Day. <laughs> there are millions of guys and, and probably even a few women who deep down inside of themselves right now are saying, "What again?" <laughs> There is no more American holiday, friends, than Mother's Day. This is the only nation on the face of the globe who would have even thought of it. (laughs) They have a whole holiday just mother, you know, as if we don't have 364
1: others.
0: (laughs) In fact, I heard, it's funny how you never know when you're going to hear the word of truth that today I'm up on 57th Street, right opposite Carnegie Hall, and I saw these two people coming at me, and you know that feeling that you get when you know you're looking at a fight? You know? (laughs) When these two people are trying to hold it in because they're among other people? And she's walking along looking very mad, and he's walking along with her, and all I heard was the one line, and I'm right in front of this greeting card store, and they had a whole window full of guess what kind of cards. And he's saying, now look, I'm not saying my mother's right, but and that's all I heard. <laughs> that's all I had to hear, you know. It's the land of Tennessee Williams. It's the land of Edward Albee. Yes, and right now, friends, we're we're going to take a moment here just just." Just to calm the levity here, we're going to take one moment because we're in Greenwich Village, which is a part of New York City. For those of you who don't know where Greenwich Village is, it festers like a tiny carbuncle on the posterior of New York. (laughs) Down here, well, it does, friends, it just hangs there, you know. I know, I, I'm, it's all right, I'm one of the family, I can get by with it. By the way, that's from Shakespeare, so it makes it okay, it's a good taste. <laughs> it's a little elliptical phrase I picked up in Sydney, you know. <laughs> and uh, and, there, and there, there, here we are, we're in Greenwich Village, and what does Greenwich Village mean? Well, you can hear the fist fight breaking out up at the bar now. It means that. Greenwich Village is a peculiar kind of Mecca in America today. That at this very minute, probably listening to this show right now, there are probably 50,000 chicks sweating inside, breaking out in acne, (laughs) angry little bits of human flotsam and jetsam, living in Trenton. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dry
0: Run, Pennsylvania, and they're hearing this come out of the radio. See, and they're hearing it coming from Greenwich Village, and they're saying to themselves, "Ooh, if I could only get to the village, ooh, where they really print the Village Voice, you know, where life is rich." And where beauty flows like a great river down to the east. (laughs) And if I could only get to the village, I would become a beautiful person. I would become a poet. I would learn to paint. I would be an actress instead of just Mabel. And at the same time, she is sitting in the Howard Johnson with a guy named Clarence, who's trying to brazen it through, he himself, you see, is festering in dry-run Pennsylvania, (laughs) working at the Maytag washer
1: company there,
0: and he, too, says, oh, if I could only get to the village. Well, friends, I bid you look inside of yourself. You are in the village. You are in Mecca. (laughs) We're here, friends, and they're there. Oh, those poor slobs. Oh, you poor idiots out there in West Virginia. (laughs) Oh, you poor fools in New Jersey. Let's give New Jersey a big boo. It's oh, all right. Hey, wait a minute, Addie's, 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 Eddies Addie's. We don't want that kind of slobism breaking out here. I'll tell you what. Let's do for all the poor benighted souls who are out there while we're here. For all those poor souls, let's just give a big. Oh, oh. oh. T.S.
1: <laughs>
0: You'll have to explain that when you get back to Trenton. <laughs> oh, the Howard Johnson is swinging the night. Well, you see, (laughs) you see, the whole whole point of it, the whole point of all this, is the fact that we're here in Greenwich Village, and and every year about 47,000 people arrive who who love mother more than other people. We're right in the heart of the mother love belt. (laughs) Greenwich Village. And I'll tell you already now. I imagine right now there must be there must be forty five thousand people on telephones making the long distance calls back to Cleveland, making that call back up to up to Augusta, Maine. You know they're dialing, and they're they're hearing that buzz. You know that awful feeling. You're dialing home, and you're standing there. and It's going uh uh. And you're in a booth, and you're outside of some rotten dive down on Eighth Street. You know, and the gang is waiting, and you're making your yearly call home. <laughs> and there's that little sign, you know, that little sign they always have in the they always have in the phone booths. The little sign that says, "Have you called home lately?" And it shows this wonderful lady with the silver teeth, the mother, you know, that they have in these pictures. She looks like a cross between uh, Mary Worth and Sophia Loren. (laughs) That's uh, the American ad mother, you know. She never quite grows. And... and (laughs) By the way, the other day I, I went into a phone booth and I was making one of these, you know these nefarious calls that you're always making if you live here in New York and you're one of the phone booth Indians, you know, in and out of a phone booth every 30 seconds to check and see whether the world is still there, to see whether the office has, still recognizes you. Have you, you ever gone out of your office and called back to see what they say, Ask for your extension number? just to see if it really is true <laughs> that you really have an office and that they really recognize you there, you know. they say, oh, Mr. Shepherd's number. You say, yeah, is he there? They'll say, just a minute. And then somebody answers. <laughs> there it goes.
1: They
0: touched home again. Well, I'll tell you, the other day I'm in one of these phone booths and there is this picture of this mother and it says, Mother's Day is coming and we at AT&T,
1: <laughs>
0: I kind of like that wonderful mother, does AT&T have a mother? Can you imagine the mother of the Bell Telephone Company? Does, does Con Ed have a father? Have you you ever had the feeling, though, that these are individual people? You just, AT&T is a kind of a person. There's a kind of an it, a kind of corporate, corporeal body. The Ford, Ford is a person. I don't mean Henry Ford II, but Ford. Well, there it says, AT&T celebrates Mother's Day. Please call Mother. Just call home. And here she is. She's looking, see, out of, the, out of that picture. And I'm in there making a call. Well, somebody, and there's always somebody in these little phone booths here in, in New York City, <laughs> had scrawled five or six things on this little...
1: <laughs> you
0: know, it's terrible when you're under creative pornography, you know, just a wild thing. And it, actually, it was a little one-act play. Have you seen any one-act... <laughs> One-act plays lately about mother, off-Broadway type. (laughs) must be terrible to be a mother in this world these days, I'll tell you. Well, there were about seven phone numbers of alternate mothers for you to call. (laughs) In case you chickened out on your own, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it had little names after it, like Julie, you know. Have you ever called one of those numbers? in a phone booth now this is a male thing i'm going to tell you right now it's a male thing i assume <laughs> i hope anyway in this crowd that this is a male thing that when you go into those phone booths you know that up there on times square in liggetts <laughs> you ever seen all those numbers written on the walls it'll say uh something like murray hill 7 14 22 and underneath it says marie and you're there dialing some real dull call and you're looking at that thing marie And then you begin to picture Marie. Or do you? You can see Marie lounging on an elk's hair pillow. And there are beaded screens around her. And there's kind of blue lights shining somewhere off in the middle distance. And the sound of tom-toms. And you're there dialing. Well, have you ever, as a male, had the urge to call one of those numbers? Have you? No. His game is being played next door. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Any red-blooded male who grew up eating Ralston (laughs) and the breakfast of champions has had that urge to make one of those phone calls. Now, now the thing about most of us males here, as we live here in New York City, is we begin to develop a circle of acquaintances. But do you know how it feels? How many of you have experienced in the last three or four years the feeling of being trapped in a foreign alien city without a single telephone number to your name? Nobody says anything to you, except uh, something like, uh, that'll be 15 cents, Mac, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. This is not human communication. This is just barking. Well, when I first came to New York City, I'm a naturally garrulous type, you know. I come from Indiana. You know, they walk around. You'd be surprised they talk to each other in Indianapolis. You know, once in a while, you, you walk down the street and you'll hear a guy, ho- oh, shut up! <laughs> you know. Or something like, you want to make something of it, Mac? Have you, ever, have you ever, ever had a fist bite in Hobart, Indiana? Yeah, well, that's the big Midwest. And I came to New York City and it was, it, was, it was springtime when I arrived and I was holed up in a, in a crummy... Flea bag on 49th Street, a theatrical hotel, and I was living on an air shaft. Now, I was at the bottom of the air shaft. And I'll tell you, there is no more exciting moments. I used to spend 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, when there's nothing else to do. I'd open my window a crack and just watch stuff go by. You'd be surprised what they throw down air shafts. Stuff pours. Boo! You wonder what? You know what's up there? You think there must be a hippopotamus living up there? Or you know, all of a sudden it goes past beer cans and all kinds of things floating past. Well, it's that kind of a place, and I'm living there. Five days, seven days, two weeks go by, a month goes by, and I have not made human contact. <laughs> Next to me, in the next room, there are three out-of-work
1: seals.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of those Ed Sullivan acts. You'd be surprised, there are seals that can play trumpets good, and then there are the other kind of seals who don't even make the auditions, you know? And they were practicing night and day. Columbia, the gem of the ocean on these plastic B-flat bugles, (laughs) you know, as terrible as an old horn man, I wanted to go in and say, look, fellas, sit in with the crowd, you know, (laughs) and all night long, they're playing Columbia, the gem of the ocean, and I'm there in my little pad with the cracked wallpaper and the stuff flying past the air shaft out there. It's New York, it's showbiz, you know. (laughs) These guys, these seals could not afford a master. And I'm telling you, it's the truth. I never talk about my early life in New York, breaking into the big time, W-O-R, you know. So I'm laying there, you know, night after night it goes by, you see, and, and there's a certain cryptic code that elevator operators have got in these theatrical flea bags. They don't speak any known language. And their hand is always out. And you don't know quite what it's out for. You know? So every day I'd get in, I'd stand near in the back of this little cage, and this guy's over there running that thing, and girls would get in dressed entirely in leopard skin with high silver... Silver lamé type gowns. That the strange looking creatures. They're moving in and out. And there I am in the middle of it all, trying to make contact. I remember a lady who got in one day wearing orange hair, and she had an alligator skin bag, and she was on stilts, and and she was rehearsing. See, and she came into the elevator. And I said hi. She just looked down at me she could tell i was from out of town because you know i said hi and she gave me the freeze and so 15 minutes later i'm sitting in the h and h you know i'm talking to the machines now i put in a dime and the coffee comes out i say thanks (laughs) i was thanking the little windows for the pie and all that you know terrible the city so I'm (laughs) I'm sitting there in the H&H and I figure, well got to talk to somebody so I get up and I go down to the end of the H&H and they had two phone booths down there you've seen these phone booths they have there there's they're hardly ever empty there's always some guy in there with his coat collar pulled up you ever wondered what those people are talking about (laughs) Those little guys you see in phone booths with the little cigars sticking out of the side of the mouth. And he's always, how many? I told you to sell. What are you talking about? And you wonder, what's going on? What's going on? He's selling 17 potato peelers. (laughs) And in the next booth, there's always a lady crying. And she's talking to somebody in the Bronx. And so I'm waiting my turn. I figure what I'm going to do is call weather. Somehow, you know, there's a nice feeling to have somebody answer and they're talking to me, you know. So I'm waiting to call weather. And finally this lady, the crying one, comes out, you know, and the floor is covered with Kleenexes and cigar butts
1: and
0: all that stuff, you know. Have you ever you know that terrible feeling? This is all the feeling that a real city dweller knows is to go into a warm phone booth you know, that's been warmed up by somebody else. And you take that thing up, and it's, it's, the earpiece is warm. <laughs> you know, somehow this is, this is the ultimate of intimacy. <laughs> it's a warm earpiece, you know. And you pick it up there, and you look down, and you can see those tears sort of dripping off, and little cigar butts where Manny has called Sam somewhere, and Rudy eating them out, you know. And you pick this thing up. And I'm dialing. And I start to dial. I'm dialing weather. W-E-6-1-2-1. And I see in front of me that little, no, not mother. You're wrong. <laughs> Nothing about mother here. Oh, when you are in the extremities, when you are a male loose in New York City, after six weeks of living in a flea bag hotel, next to a room full of seals playing Columbia the gem of the ocean. You ain't interested in talking to mother, honey. I can see I've got a nice, clean-thinking audience here tonight. <laughs> yes, this is, not a Whit- this is not a Whitman sampler night at all, honey. I've been out of town for a long time. And I'm standing in there, you know, and I'm, I'm dialing weather, and I get about halfway through, and I see this telephone number. Chelsea 3 I have to put an extra number in there because I don't want you to be calling her tonight. <laughs> that number is not the real number. <laughs> and after it, it says, Marie! Exclamation point. Question mark exclamation point pow! (laughs) Marie. And I'm tired weather, you see. I got about halfway through and all of a sudden I say to myself, I'll give Marie a call. Have you ever given in to that urge to call one of these chicks? Well, I got the dime back. I hang up. I don't care what the temperature is going to be tomorrow. I hang up. Bing, out comes the time. You know one of that most awful feeling in the world is to be in a phone booth. And this is one of those, you know, one of those truly inhuman twentieth century machine frustrations. You got one dime, you're in the phone booth, seven phone booth Indians are lined up outside of the booth you know they angry look they're banging they're once in a while walking back and forth itching and you can see their very big deals are going. you got that one dime you dial wrong you hang up to get your dime back and it'll think of where you put boing gone <laughs> and you hit the, the that the coin return button and it doesn't do anything have you ever had that coin have you ever once seen the coin return button work that's right, nothing. It's just, for, that's a placebo.
1: <laughs>
0: that's put there by the phone company, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't connect to anything, you know. Just, just push it in there, you know, push, push, push. Nothing happens. <laughs> I wonder how many million dollars the phone company makes a year. I, I bet they have three out of four phones are just dime traps. <laughs> they don't even have wires inside, you know? <laughs> How would you know? You know? <laughs> so I, I'm in there, you know, and I get my dime back, and I start to dial. Now, I, and now this again, I must say this is a true story, and it's, it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of thing that only a man knows. It's not a woman feeling. For the first time in my life, ever since I'm 10, I have seen these phone numbers. I've seen them on the walls of Johns and theaters. You've seen them every place you go with a girl's name after it, Clara, Myrtle. There is, an, there is a phalanx of girls whose phone numbers are on the walls of public phone booths. All, maybe even yours is. <laughs> have you ever had? Have you ever had, been really mad at some chick, and you says, "All right, I'll show her. <laughs> You know, you're going to have the Liggetts on Times Square and you write it, you know. Mary Joel You underline it. <laughs>
1: oh, that's an evil butt, you know.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I start to dial this. I start to dial this number. I get the Chelsea out. I get the three out. I get the one out. And my good Midwestern Presbyterian <laughs> background began to itch <laughs> down there around my pancreas you know, just, no, no not after all this time you've been in the army and all you did was have donuts down at the USO <laughs> think what you could have done no, not now be strong be strong and I'm dying It's so, okay all right thing, back comes the dime. Down into that little slot. I pull that dime out, I put it back in and I dial W-E 6-1 and Marie's name is coming out in lights, you know, and I can see Marie in my mind. Somehow, to me, Marie, I've never known a girl named Marie. Somehow, Marie's are always dark and they have a peculiar psychological problem. They are insanely passionate. (laughs) Yes, the Marie's in my mind are always searching for the ultimate man and never quite finding him. Here I am, you know? (laughs) Here I am, girls. Is there any Marie listening tonight? Give us a call here at the limelight. Maybe you better tell them this is WABC, huh? (laughs) 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 What radio station is this, gang? (laughs) AM and FM, New York. Your Hupmobile station. (laughs) Well,. I start, you notice there ain't been no Marie's call?
1: That's
0: right. That is the soul of a Marie, dark, turgid, troubled, always suspicious. There are 10 Marie's out there who almost called, but at the last minute they chickened out. That's the way it is with Marie's. But it ain't like that with Dorothy's,
1: <laughs>
0: right, Dorothy?
1: <laughs>
0: well, anyway, I start to dial this number. It's New York, and outside of the H and H, there's no more New York place than the H and H. Hey, have you ever have you ever been up in the balcony at the H and H and watched the bun snatchers? Seriously! Have you ever watched the bun snipers? Yeah, you're sitting there, see? Yeah, that's Marie calling. (laughs) Don't kid me, her name's Dorothy. Have you ever sat up there, you know, and you're eating your pea soup or something, and you see a little old lady at the next table, somebody gets up and leaves half a bun, and she goes over like this, (laughs) sits there. Yeah, this is New York, you watched them. I saw a little old lady eat her way through a 37-course meal on <laughs> one 10-cent cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a whole world. This is, this is a special club, the, the, the H&H world. That's the, I, I, I've, I've lived in this world so long that you can, tell, you can tell the real club members. They've got their own tables marked out, and they sit there. Have you ever watched a little old lady that has nothing to do in her life at all? has nothing in her life to do and so everything she does she makes a production of she takes her paper napkin and spreads it out straightens it up and then takes her fork she's got her fork she reaches into her bag and she takes out a Kleenex there's Marie now (laughs) Well, this is the H&H world, and I am right in the middle of it. It's the only place where I feel any kinship. You know, I keep going back and back again, more and more of that pumpkin pie, and now I am dialing Marie. Yes. I am halfway through the weather sign, and that little thing inside of you, you know, it doesn't make any difference how dedicated you are to write there is another voice inside. You. A lot of people don't think they've got it. No, many people think there's only one bugle that blows in their soul, and that's the clarion call of virtue. They are pure people. That there is no evil in their soul, not even so much as a smidgen of it. Oh, we, we, we see them on all sides now. Bob Dylan is one of these people. The beautiful person so
1: beautiful
0: has only beautiful thoughts it's the kind of Joan Baez world where they can only think of purity and grace and beauty well I'm not that type that on the one side there is the voice that says oh everywhere I look it's the voice of Billy Graham
1: <laughs>
0: everywhere I look I see a sinner That's me <laughs> It's me, you know, wow. And there's the other voice inside of me that says, swing, ship. <laughs> swing, man, go, wow, wow. And that other voice says, oh, I see a sinner.
1: <laughs> and
0: that other voice says, yeah, man, I know, but he ain't got no guts. It's the eternal dialogue that goes on in the human soul, oh, boy. You can't get away. I'm, right now, already. Monday morning I will be knee-deep in tracks. Down at the station. Countless little old ladies that will they'll send me these things and it'll say, Mr. Shepherd, I know that inside of it you are a good man. And one day you will discover the truth and beauty. Oh,
1: What
0: are we going to do with them? They're all going to lead us down that path. Well, (laughs) so there I am, you know, these two voices are fighting. And I said, you know that little engine? That little engine that. Do you remember that story about the little engine that says, I think I can? I think I can. I think I can. You know, you somehow empathize with that engine sometimes. And I pick up that dime into the slot, it goes, see! I'm getting hairier by the minute. I can see myself going into Marie's bower. I'm here! With the beaded curtains back. Yes, sir, I'll even bring my banjo. <laughs> well, I start to dial that number ch three one seven. one 7 I see a sinner I see it Don't give in I see a sinner down there I There I am in the phone booth Penitent And I can see outside of the booth There's this 17 year old kid with buck teeth Waiting to get in He's got to call his mother. He's a half an hour late already, you know. And I am wrestling with my soul. Oh, fellow sinners, when you find yourself wrestling with the devil, <laughs> when you find yourself matching grip for grip, playing Indian wrestling with BLs above himself, these are the times that try men's souls. Right, gang?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Well
0: yes indeed. Just suddenly remember another little tussle I had with the devil. Oh, but that's another story. You ever had a clean cut victory over the devil? And then regretted it? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you throw the devil. You say, and there, I got you pinned. You walk away and you say, oh, darn it. Oh, gee whiz, I'm sorry, devil. Holy smokes, I know you just wanted me to have fun, but gee whiz, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get our reward somewhere else, won't we, gang? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it will be terrible, you know, after, after a whole life of wrestling with the devil... And you figure you won, and all of a sudden you arrive up there before that fantastic, eternal judge, and you hadn't even believed there was one, you know. But there you are. He looks down. He says, "Charlie Witherspoon. See, ya. I'm here." He says, no, no,
1: <laughs>
0: no, you ain't, son. <laughs> <laughs> Then you say, why didn't I go all the (laughs) way? Holy smokes. (laughs) Just because I cheated in spelling, (laughs) all (laughs) this. Yeah, well, there I am, you know, in that phone booth in the H&H, wrestling with the devil. And the devil's got a hammer lock on me. Oh, friends. Yeah, you know, those are the times when you have to answer the eternal questions. To be or not to be? To swing or not to swing? That is the question that we are all going to have to answer on this eve before Mother's Day. (laughs) Hi Ma! (laughs) Boy, am I lucky my mother can't hear
1: this.
0: (laughs) My mother doesn't know this side of me at all, you know. She's a thousand miles away and she still thinks I'm in troop 41. That's Boy Scout Troop 41, in case you're interested. Moose Patrol, of which I was junior patrol leader, holder of seven marriage badges, one for chicanery. (laughs) By the way, I wonder, do you know that any of you ex-Boy Scouts, do you know that the Boy Scouts have been updated? They give merit badges now in tax deductions? That's right. In evaluation, they, they, they are all kinds of merit. They give a merit badge now in lunchmanship.
1: <laughs> you
0: know, the kids practice little business lunches, you know, and they give these badges. But there I am, a boy Scout. I'm in a phone booth just off Times Square. The sin capital of the world. You're right. Believe me, Times Square makes Singapore look like
1: Indianapolis.
0: (laughs) And I've been to Singapore. It does, you know. You'd be surprised. There I am, and it's pulsing. And I can feel the tom-toms beating. You can can taste passion, sensuality, evil in the air. It has a kind of sickly-sweet scent. Like old life, life you know those, those real old lifesavers you find in the back of your desk drawers? A kind of musty, ancient, decadent, minty scent. That is the smell, the taste of evil. And you can feel the ground. Yes, and there I am in the middle of Horn and Hard Arts. Where the, as you know, how many of you know the slogan that H&H has? How many of you know the the Horn and Hardart slogan? Work Less work for Mother. Can't you think uh, seriously? I can't think of any more touching way to spend Mother's Day than at H and H. Less work for Mother. Can you see Ma carrying all the trays back? <laughs> Well, there I am, you know, calling Marie, Chelsea 317, and that voice, no, don't consider the ways of the sinner, consider the ways of the transgressor, and I said, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been thinking about all my life, and all the while Times Square is beating it up. Not more than a block away. And I am getting none of it. You know, it wouldn't it be terrible to arrive in Babylon and not know anybody?
1: <laughs> you know,
0: seriously, have you ever thought of, of Babylon? You arrive in Gomorrah and you forgot your credit card. <laughs> You arrive there, you, know, you walk around, and all you can do is take the circle line tour.
1: <laughs>
0: what if they did have tours in Gomorrah, you know? <laughs> Just a question of technicality there. <laughs> you know, you, you always think of this, when you think of Sodom and Gomorrah, what do you think? Did, did they have a junior chamber of commerce? <laughs> you know, where better orgies are made? <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a little town in Indiana that is, is probably the ultimate in sin, this little town. And this little town festers down there in the prairie. It just glows at night. And you can hear the sound of fist fights. You can hear the sound of fist meeting tooth. You can hear the sound of bung starter meeting rib. You can hear the goatish cries of the swingers for miles around and outside the town they've got a sign that says Lions Club meets Wednesday (laughs) the garden spot of Indiana and you begin to see what they grow the flowers of evil well there I am right in the middle of Times Square this Babylon we're living in tasting the sin, and incidentally, how many of your mothers told you of the evils that would befall you when you came to New York? How many of you know that they think out in Indianapolis that in New York it is incredible? They walk, I have an uncle, old Uncle Al, who used to come to New York every two years and just walk around and look at the people. He just looked at them because he had heard as a boy that everybody in New York was evil, that they do nothing but...
1: (laughs) 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 And he couldn't figure it out
0: with all those little fat people. You know, with the little cigars, the worried look and the rimless glasses. And that's the way it hits an outlander. There I am in the middle of that phone booth calling Chelsea chelsea 317 and somewhere off in somewhere off in that limbo you know when you first come to new york you don't know where the various where the various uh exchanges are located new york is just this big enigmatic thing it's like a a monolithic stone god that contains beautiful women you ever walk down the street of a strange city and had the had the peculiar sensation that you have discovered the city where the most beautiful women in the world live. What is that about strange towns? I just had that experience in Sydney, Australia. I walked down the streets of Sydney, and I said, holy smokes, (laughs) (laughs) one after the other. And I'm sitting in a cab about 10 minutes later, and I say, holy smokes, man, you've got the greatest looking chicks in the world. There's this long pause. This guy saying,
1: I can tell you if I'm out of town. <laughs> I said,
0: but they're beautiful women. He said, oh, a pig's ear. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you get used to the local things. And, <laughs> and I'm looking out in New York and I can't believe the women in that town. Oh, boy. And I'm dialing that number. Chelsea, seven. Now I am on the last number, and I let it ring. I let it ring! And that voice inside of me is saying, no, no, sinner, don't go over that cliff! Do not go down into that abyss of hell!
1: There!
0: It's going bad. Somewhere, you know that wonderful feeling, somewhere in somebody's apartment a bell is ringing. Uh, no answer. I hang up. I stagger back. Ooh, she's not home. I have just let it ring three times. Out comes the dime. In it goes in the slot again. W E six one two. This time I'm going to let it ring. Out it comes, in it goes. Chelsea. Three. Marie. One. Seven. Two. Six. Nine. Bzz. 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 I'm beginning to sweat. I can see this wonderful liaison. You know, we all have dreams of that momentary mysterious contact in the night two ships meeting two passionate ships meeting in the darkness of queens <laughs> where passion grows like a fantastic carnation flower right gang hey. Woo! oh wow queens wow <laughs> holy smokes that was a that's a well-named borough.
1: Woo! Just like flushing.
0: And... i well, a terrible person.
1: <laughs>
0: Which was she applauding? Well, I am dialing this number, and finally it is ringing. And I hear that click, click. There's a brief pause, and I can hear somebody breathing. You know that <laughs> breath? Somebody has run 14 flights to the
1: phone.
0: <laughs> idle <Idle-wild> control tower.
1: <laughs>
0: I say is, he says, Marie is here! Are you calling from that damn horn and hard And that's what sin turns out to be. Boy, oh boy, I'll never forget when I bought a package of filthy postcards Outside of the ruins in Pompeii, and it turned out to be a bunch of statues. <laughs> Holy smokes. Well, so it's Mother's Day. <laughs> you know, speaking of mothers and Marie, we all have mothers. We do, yeah. Let's face it, the, the, the way the biological setup is, you can't get away from it. It's, That's that rotten god or whatever it is, you know. Everybody's got a mother. Can you imagine this mother, and she's got this little wet thing in her hands? These little blue, these lovely little blue sort of smelly blankets. This little pink squalling thing. And it's Hitler. I wonder if he sent Mother's Day cards back. <laughs> I'm on my way, Ma. You know. <laughs> but then it's a beautiful city, Ma, and I think you
1: <laughs>
0: Well I don't know what's the matter with me tonight. It's a
1: terrible
0: I guess Bangkok did it to me. It's a rare bug.
1: <laughs>
0: oh no, you let me handle the show, you handle the yelling. <laughs> All these smokes are always bald.
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
0: you ask for it, son. <laughs> so that you know, since we're since we since we're here celebrating Mother's Day, it's a funny thing, we all got mothers, and we all have a certain image of our mother. <laughs> Haven't we, gang? Well, no, the image is mother, you see. And the one thing that we never can quite comprehend is that Mother knows about this. One moment, please. Due to technical difficulties, we have lost contact with the Gene Shepherd program at the Village Limelight. Before you were even considered, you know, you're not even watching this at all. This this news your mother. You know, here, no, seriously. Here Here you you are, you're a guy, and she turns out to be a real chick. (laughs) She's standing there in front of the drugstore, waiting for a bus, and she looks exactly like the kind of chick that when you walk down Sixth Avenue, you pause slightly. You know? And consider briefly, and it's your mother. <laughs> You're watching this newsreel, see? And this chick comes on, and you hear the tom-toms. <laughs> and this boy says, Charles Witherspoon, you are watching your mother. <laughs> and she's walking down the street. And you see all these guys in straw hats going by, going the other way, these these stranger types. And then suddenly, you see her in a drugstore, and she's sitting there having a Sunday. Your mother, remember this, this beautiful woman, this 19-year-old girl, it's your mother, and she's sitting there eating a sundae. And this slick-looking cat sits down there next to her. (laughs) You know, the kind of guy with the big white teeth, you <laughs> He's got a mustache. He's got a straw skimmer. He looks at her. She looks at him. He says, pretty hot day, baby. And your mother says, yes.
1: And you say, "Ma, no! No, Mom!
0: Oh, please, Mom! And he's sitting there, and he says, (laughs) How about another (laughs) sassaparilla? On me, baby. And she says, I don't mind if I do. It is a very hot day. She says, Oh, Mom, please, think of Dad! And then the next scene, you know, because this movie is produced by a superb director, a Kazan-type movie, there's a quick cut, and you see them going down a dark, leafy street in a Willie's Overland. (laughs) And it's going along there with the top down. (laughs) There is old Sharpie sitting there. He's driving his thing with one foot. He's got one arm around her, you know. They're going along and they're heading for the very same spot that twenty-four hours before you headed for in your Mustang <laughs> with this nameless chick you picked up in Staten Island. And you see them, you know. You can just see the same thing. The houses are a little wider apart, you know. And you say, "My no." Oh, no, ma, no. And they pull under the same tree. And you're watching the movie. Holy smokes. Mercifully, at this point, the film breaks. <laughs> the mind, the imagination boggles at such a thought. But nevertheless, each one of us have got to realize on this Mother's Day that that person that is mother is not only mother but has within her the same soul of the swinger of 30 years ago yeah you never lose it that's right there's the gang over there
1: there's the guy with a straw hat
0: He's got the skimmer still on his soul, you know? So, so to all the mothers out there who retain within them still the tiny spark of the swinger who sat on that leather seat of the Willie's Overland heading for the woods, we say Evo and give him a big cheer! This is WOR Radio, your station for news